Good afternoon, Lafayette, and welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. This is Joe Cunningham on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the conversation. But your calls will have to wait until the second half hour of the show because we have a very special guest in the studio with us today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, my name is Charlotte stemmons Clavier. And I am the mayor-elect of Karencourt, Louisiana, and I'm very excited about it. Very excited to have you in. Um, you are going to be the new face in the Mayor's Club in Lafayette Parish, So, it, it, uh, but not so new because you've been involved with Karen Crow government yes, before. Sir. Yes, sir. I was mayor pro temp in Karen Crow mm-hmm. and uh, excited to go back into city government. Very excited about it. So what attracted you to city government in the first place? Well, when I was a little girl, both of my grandfathers were police jurors, and my grandfather Stemmons would take us around, and we would go to all the meetings with him. We mm-hmm. were his grandchildren that were born uh, when he was older and had been in office a while, and um, so we got to go to all these fun meetings with him and see how it was done. You know, people say you shouldn't yeah. watch government when it's being done, but I... I I was fascinated by it. So I think it's something I've always been involved, always been interested in. Mm-hmm. And when the opportunity presented itself for me to run for council in Karen Crow years ago, I did and and ended up being the first woman to mm-hmm. be elected to the city council was with the Board of Aldermen mm-hmm. in those days. And uh, so I was the first woman elected. Um now, Karen Crow has a little history with the women, though. Yeah. Uh, I believe the first female chief of police was in Karen Crow, Miss Jerry Arsenault. Oh, wow. So um, she was, you know, she encouraged, mm-hmm. you know, and everything like that. And, of yeah. course, I've known um, her and her, her family for mm-hmm. a long, long time. So it's been, you know, I'm excited about this. Uh, so I just kind of jumping right in, you know, Karen Crow uh, is – all the all the cities in Lafayette Parish have really been growing. All these these smaller cities in, in the outskirts of of Lafayette proper, there's been phenomenal growth, and Karen Crow is no exception to that. In terms of that growth, how do you see that shaping the future of Karen Crow? I think that that is the that is the change. Twenty years ago, when I was on the council, we would call and I hate to say harass, but we harassed these poor people that had the Burger Kings mm-hmm. to try to get them to put a Burger King in Karen Crow. Everybody would call once a week. We'd take turns calling to try and get it. Mm-hmm. And finally, they, they came to Karen Crow, and um, the matrix they used to decide yeah. whether or not to put a, a national company in a small town, we didn't qualify for. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really, I think they finally built it just to shut us up. But anyway. <laughs> Um, whatever works. You know, whatever works. So uh, that came to Karen Crow. It became one of the highest grossing Burger Kings. And I think that started the growth in Karen Crow. And so this has been going on for 20 years now. I, um, it's it's amazing. Yeah. I, I You know, I've only lived down here. This is uh, my 11th year mm-hmm. uh, living in South Louisiana. And when I first moved down here, it was uh, – it was uh, – right off of Gloria Switch. And and just in that amount of time, seeing the growth and the yes, changes in character has been, yeah, uh, amazing is the only word that I think mm-hmm. comes anywhere close to doing it justice. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we take that growth, which obviously brings in more revenue and more people, how do you take that and then turn it into uh what how Karen Crow can grow as a community, kind of, I, I don't want to say politically, but that's kind of where I'm leaning there. Like, well, I, I think the first thing I need to say is that mm-hmm. 
the plan is we need a plan. Yeah. So um, before Thanksgiving, we will have the first meeting, mm -hmm. and I want to hear what the citizens have to say. And I don't need to hear it, but the council needs to hear what does everybody have to say? What are their areas of concern? What do we need to worry about? What do they think are good ideas? And then maybe somebody's going to come up with, you know, the 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 light bulb going off saying this is the one thing we really need to do. So we're going to start with that mm -hmm. at Thanksgiving. So there needs to be a plan yeah. that has input from everyone in the community. And I think that that's the way for us to move forward. Um, and then hopefully from that, we come up with a way to move the traffic around, make sure the water works well, make sure the sewer works well. We have a gas system, you know, keep that going. Um, trash pickup, police, yeah. fire, recreation, you know, the whole thing comes from there. So, um, so you know, obviously every citizen is going to have their ideas and you yes. want to hear all of those. Mm -hmm. What is, in in kind of the, the perfect world scenario, what is your, what would be your step one? I think the first thing, um, the first thing will be to go through with all of the different projects that are already mm -hmm. going on in Karen Crow. I need to get up to speed on all of those and then figure out where we move forward. But right now I'm walking in without much information. Yeah. I'm blessed. Um, I will meet with the, um, the current mayor mm -hmm. early next week and, uh, I'm blessed and I know that, um, I'll get some information yeah. then, but I don't want to preempt and say I'm going to do X when I haven't, we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's where we are. And it's not that I'm trying to be evasive. It's just that I'm. There's just a lot I, of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns and I need to get all the play, all the cards out on the table mm -hmm. before we figure it out. Gotcha. But I'm excited about this. Well, I, 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 I'm looking forward to the challenge. I, I think it's going to be uh, a very fun challenge. It sounds like you're very much I, up for it. too. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Um, you know. Karen Crow, Lafayette Parish, I come from Natchitoches Parish. It's a very mm -hmm. big parish. It's got one main city in it, but it's huge, and little communities just scattered mm -hmm. all around, miles apart. Lafayette's very compact. Mm -hmm. There's a city that takes up a good portion of the parish, and then there's cities dotted just around the perimeter. So that means that the relationship between a Karen Crow and Lafayette has to be pretty tight. How do you see the relationship between Karen Crow and Lafayette now, and how do you want to see that grow? Well, our uh, parish council member is Mr. Brian Tabor, and mm -hmm. he's a very nice man. So I, I look forward to working well with him. And then um, I've known Josh for uh, a few years. So I, uh, I have, yeah, I'm excited about that, too. I haven't gotten to visit with him yet, mm -hmm. but I know that that's going to happen. And I, I'm very involved in my industry that yeah. I come from, and um, I'm really good at at getting a consensus in a group of people. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to using those skills to move us all forward. I mean, I believe that in the end, all of Lafayette Parish grows together. I yeah. mean, Karen Crow can't grow unless Scott and Dusan and Lafayette are moving too. You right. know, Broussard and Youngsville are a little further from us, but, you know, you need Scott. You mm -hmm. need Dusan. You need, and I'm, I'm excited to work with Jen Scott, and I'm excited to work uh, with Mr. Johnny and Dusan. So I think it's going to go well. And uh, speaking of working with the parish as well, the mm -hmm. education side too. I mean, you have you have some great schools in Karen Crow. Um, Karen Crow <laughs> High is is pretty much always on the map in terms mm -hmm. of some sport or another. Yes, sir. Um, you know, and, and and there is a lot of educational potential there. How you know how important is it for the local community to work with the parish school board on those types of things as well? 
you know, I think it is very important. I mean, I think our children are, we have to, for every dollar we spend on a child, we save $10 at the police department. Mm -hmm. So just do the right thing and make it work. You know, um, just do the right thing to start with. And so being involved with our children is very important to me. I don't know how many people know this, but, you know, I'm a mother. I have Mm -hmm. three kids. Uh, My youngest is 17. Um, and a lot of my life skills come from being a mother. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to plug those in there. And um, I had a nice visit with uh, the principal of Karen Crow Catholic. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, I hope you know they go to Mass every Wednesday and they pass in front of City Hall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can go to church with them. You know, it's yeah. just like, oh, we'd like that. You know, so I, I do want to interact with um each of the different groups of kids at all the different schools. So I would like that. Awesome. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about two things. One, a little bit more of your personal biography. And two, tell me about the campaign and the election itself. I want to talk about those when we get back. Uh, Charlotte Simmons-Clavier in with us, mayor-elect of Karen Crow, enjoying the conversation. We will be back in just a moment right here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Karen Crow, Mayor-Elect, Charlotte Stimmons-Clavier in with us today. Fun conversation so far, but throughout the campaign, and even a little in this conversation, heard bits and pieces of kind of who you are, your, your life story and everything. Really, for the people listening to kind of get to know you a little bit better, because you can only give like sound bites and little bits right. of information on the campaign trail. Who are you as at just, you know, your life story, basically? Well, I mean, I've, I've lived in Karen Crow my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Karen Crow Heights, Karen Crow Middle, and Karen Crow High. Um, I went to Tulane. I have a double major, history and business. I finished in three years. Um, came back home. Had gone to summer school in Boston, and, and Tulane was top 10 business school in those yeah. days. And so I needed to go to a better school, and that was either in the Northeast, yeah. which I was not interested in going back there. Um, or to go to California, and I thought that was going to shake and fall off, so mm-hmm. I wasn't going. <laughs> and so I said I'd come home and work for my parents for a few years and get some experience and then get a real job. Yeah. And by that time, I had a son and, um, you know, getting out of a marriage and uh, played single mom and then remarried mm-hmm. and had two more kids and got divorced again. So I've done the single mom time thing yeah. three times over, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole time I worked for a family business because it was easy to do that with kids. I have mm-hmm. to do my work. Yeah. There's no problem with that. But if something came up with my kids, I could pick up and leave right. and come back to my work. And yeah. it worked um, for my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned to juggle whatever I need to do. Uh, my mom died 20 years ago. She mm-hmm. had cancer. Um, came back four times. So yeah. she lived with cancer nine and a half years. Wow. And um, so I guess 25 years ago is when I took over the majority of her jobs, mm-hmm. things she did, and then I had all of those. And uh, I still work with my dad every day. He's 86. Wow. He's at the racetrack right now. <laughs> um, he goes every morning, and he goes back every race afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we have a strong work ethic in our little family. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a joke. You know, we do. Mm-hmm. We work all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, he's 86, and he's over there now. And um, I enjoy what I do. I have a, another little business. I run 
I uh, do title work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that also. I have great people that work for me. And, um, you know, they're taking over all of my little jobs so I can do the city hall thing. I'm excited to have a new job because I have had the same job for almost 40 years. I was 11 when I started working yeah. in a tax shop and 12 when I ran it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm just excited to actually have a different job. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to moving into City Hall and doing that. So uh, let's let's talk about the, the campaign itself. Um, not your first campaign, not your first rodeo by any no, means. No. Uh, but this is also this was also kind of a, a strange year because everybody was talking about just Election Day more because of all the crazy stuff going on nationally. Did you feel a little bit more of a buzz in the air as you were talking to people this go around? You know, I got to visit with a lot of people, but it was very weird coming off of COVID. Yeah. So when we were walking house to house, if somebody's screen door was open, I would knock. Mm -hmm. But if their door was closed, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, so I didn't see as many people where before I would actually knock and try to interact with right. each person. But with COVID, that was a little different. Um, it was it was really great. I mean, mm-hmm. actually walking door to door is my favorite part of a campaign. Yeah, I love to talk to the people and um, meet new people, see people I haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, Count Crow is still a small community. Um, there are more people now in... Um, Subdivisions, but sometimes whenever you get in there, you start seeing people you knew, yeah, you know that kind of thing. So it was it's it was really a lot of fun. So tell me about election night because you know I'm I'm actually sitting in here in the studio. Um, I'm texting <laughs> with with Todd who was with your campaign, uh, just kind of seeing what you guys were were going through that night. But uh, notice the numbers stayed fairly close for most of the night. Uh, so kind of tell me just election day and going into the evening. What were your thoughts that day? So election day, I woke up. You know, excited. We're finally at the end. Yeah. You know, today is the day before I go to bed at night. I will know I'm either I either won or I lost and whatever it is, it is. And I'm I'm glad whatever it is, it's going to be fine. So uh, we get through the morning and we have lots where people are at my house and making phone calls and, you know, all of that craziness is going on. Um, I went and voted. Uh, went visit with a couple of people that I needed to see that morning. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of have this thing I do every time I run for election, I go to mass. Yeah. It's a thing. So I went to mass mm-hmm. and I went to Lafayette because it was a noon mass on a Tuesday. Only certain churches right. do it. So I went to mass. I did. Uh, and then I finished my little rosary. And then I went have lunch. And it was so funny because I had lunch in Lafayette and nobody knew who I was. <laughs> So almost like I escaped and then I went back yeah. and then um, got back to the house and they were still making phone calls. I believe everybody made, over, I think the total was 6,000 phone calls wow. were made by my campaign and the volunteers that day. Mm-hmm. I had some, ab- I've had absolutely wonderful people help me with this campaign. I've had the best time with them, have made some really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got ready to, to go that night, um, and after that, we went ahead and uh, started counting votes, and that yeah. was a crazy thing. But uh, anyway, we got it done. Well, 92 votes, uh, That it seemed narrow right up there until the end. Uh, congratulations again on Thank the you. win, and Thank looking you. forward to not only 
uh, having you as my mayor, but also just being able to get you into the studio yes, to, to kind of talk yes, about sir. what's going on in Karen Crow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. All Thank right. you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, always a pleasure. All right. Uh, Charlotte Stimmons Clavier here with us. Uh, mayor elect of Karen Crow. Uh, Thank you again very much for coming in. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to be looking at, uh, I, I, I want to avoid the national politics stuff for the most part today. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of burnt out on it, to be honest. Um, but I do want to talk about the third congressional district, talk about that race a little bit. I want to talk about the, the returns we saw and kind of what goes on, what happened around there. And then I want to talk something purely local. If you go to kpel965.com, you'll see my latest right up there. Is it illegal to kill rats in your home if a new ordinance passes in St. Landry Parish? I want to talk about that here coming up on the Joe Cunningham Show. Let's take our bottom of the hour news break, and we'll be back right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Again, uh, special thanks to Charlotte Simmons-Clavier for coming in, uh, joining us for the show today. Just a, a real treat to have the Karen Crow mayor-elect come in. Um, I do want to mention, uh, and, and I'm doing this for, for uh, just because I happen to know the school, the Mag Magnet Academy for Cultural Arts in Opelousas, tonight at 6 p.m., is having a free Veterans Day program. It's Veterans Day through the Performing Arts. It's a performing arts school, so you'll hear uh, choir performance, band performance, uh, theater kids will be acting out. Uh, creative writers sharing poetry about Veterans Day, uh, art students displaying their art for Veterans Day. Uh, there is no cover charge. You can go in, starts at 6 o'clock to see the program. It's not very long, about an hour or so, but it is going to be a stellar program, and I hope that uh, you'll be able to go out. If you're in the Opelousas area this evening want to go there, that's the Magnet Academy for Cultural Arts at 1100 East Leo in Lafayette. I'm sorry, in Opelousas. All right, so like I said, I want to avoid the national stuff for today and maybe tomorrow, because I am very much burnt out on it right now. There is news to talk about at some point. There is breaking news from earlier. Donald Trump uh, has basically sent out invitations inviting people to a big announcement where he's expected on November 15th to, uh, to declare that he's running for president in 2024. But that will, that will lead to a lot of cascading effects. But I want to get into that maybe tomorrow. I don't want to focus on that today. Today... I want to talk about Louisiana's 3rd Congressional District. And this is, uh, this is a race that does need to be discussed. I've talked about it a lot. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from a lot of different sides on it in the days leading up to the race and then the day of silence. Clay Higgins won re-election very handily. I mean, there's just there's there's no doubt about it. Higgins won with almost 65% of the vote. And some of the last, the only poll numbers we had really seen had him somewhere in the 50s. But he was able to pick up a lot more than that. Part of that is the higher Republican turnout especially during early voting. Now, Lafayette's turnout from 2018 to now is down about 5%. I think the turnout was somewhere in the 45 percentile range, and in 2018 it was around 50%. You can't compare it to 2020. There was a presidential election. Upwards of 71% turned out for 
election day in 2020, but the most comparable one would be the 2018 midterms. And he won. Uh, he did not win by as much as he did now, but there was higher Republican turnout overall in the early vote, which I think helped on that. As I mentioned yesterday, one of the things to really note about the midterm election is that Republican places got more Republican, Democratic places got more Democratic. And we saw that here. We're becoming increasingly polarized. So the two, uh, the two Democratic candidates, the two main Democratic candidates on this ballot, between them got about 20% of the vote. Uh, Holden Hoggett got just shy of 11% of the vote. Clay Higgins got just shy of 65%. But the number of people who are running against Clay Higgins and the number of attacks against Clay Higgins does mean that he's probably got some constituent services to pick up on here in his district. Now, if you, well, I've called Clay Higgins and he's always helped me, that sort of thing. I'm not saying he hasn't. But Clay Higgins is somebody who has become viral for what he's said and done in Washington, D.C., for videos he's put out, for statements he's made. You don't hear a lot about Clay Higgins in terms of what he does back home for the community. And that's that's something that he needs to work on from an image perspective. But you have all of these people and you have all this talk about who dislikes Clay Higgins. There's a lot of attack ads against Higgins. So why didn't anybody do better? The answer very clearly is name ID, and I mentioned this very early on. One of the first things to come out was Holden Hoggett's attack ad against Clay Higgins. And I'm Holden Hoggett, I approve this message. And then it's the guy making fun of Clay Higgins, the guy that's doing a parody of the Crime Stoppers video. But there's no... There was nothing in that ad that anybody can remember about why you should vote for a Holden Hoggett. And unlike Moon, I know the guy's name, so I'm going to say it properly. Even if John Bro and Chris Johns didn't know his name. Or as the Advocates report said that Moon also loves to make fun of, uh, Charles, uh, Charles Bro. That was also hilarious. Like Nobody could get anybody's name right. But there were a lot of people who were just absolutely sure, absolutely positive that Holden Hoggett could could take Clay into a runoff. People called into this show saying that, and and I, you know, let you say your piece, but there was no evidence that was ever going to happen. None. And we saw that's how it turned out. Thirty-five percent of the voting base voted in total against Clay Higgins. So even if they all consolidated around one candidate, Republican or Democrat. It wasn't enough to take him to a runoff. But the problem is, none of those candidates ever went out and told people why they should vote for him. Holden Hoggett never had an ad campaign out there that anybody could see, that anybody could take notice of, explaining why he should be the one you vote for against Clay Higgins. Democrats got 10% of the vote apiece for being Democrats. They split the Democrat vote. Um, Andrew Capps at The Advertiser has that, has that breakdown. He's got a very good overall analysis that you need to read. Uh, let's, uh, where's his, 
Yeah. Uh, the uh, instead opposition to Higgins came largely from a pair of Democratic candidates who split the district's denser population centers in Lake Charles, Lafayette, New Iberia, and others. Majority black precincts in Lake Charles, Crowley, and Rain typically went to Democrat Leslie LeBlanc, who finished a top 41 precincts with 10 percent of the vote. Meanwhile, black parts of Lafayette broadly preferred LeBron, who won 33 precincts and ended the election with 9 percent of votes cast. The other four candidates combined for just under 5% of votes cast in the 3rd Congressional District race. Only one of them was able to win a precinct on election night as Independent Gloria Wiggins of Franklin won St. Mary Parish Precinct 44 just outside of Morgan City by nine votes over LeBlanc. There was no real opposition. The number of signs, the number of people who call in, the number of statements being made on. So there's a lot on social media. Social media is not reality. And, and, and there was a thread, I think on Reddit, uh, where so, it was either, I think it was Reddit where somebody said, uh, once again, we've been taken for a ride because we listened to the echo chamber here instead of the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is there was never any opposition that you could actually find that was consistent in a large enough block to be able to beat Clay Higgins. That doesn't mean Higgins isn't beatable. Every incumbent is beatable, but you've got to find the right way to do so. But it starts by having your candidate properly introduced to the community. Hoggett's only introduction to the community was a press conference that a few people were at, that three former politicians who are now lobbyists were uh, endorsed him at, and two of them forgot his name. The advocate gave his campaign a lot of, of ink, but there was nothing that convinced voters that he was the way to go. And that's something that has to be taken, you have to take note of it. Instead of spending your money on an attack ad so that everybody remembers Clay Higgin as the Crime Stoppers guy, which is actually one of the reasons he got elected in the first place, your first ad needs to be an introduction. People need to know who you are. If that's what you get viral for, great. But an ad that goes viral because it's a parody of the current guy does not help you if nobody knows your name. And that's the only guy that really put up much of a fight. Two Democrats, by virtue of being Democrats, split the Democrat vote. I've heard a lot from people who really wanted there to be an alternative, who really wanted somebody to at least force Higgins into a runoff so that maybe there could be some consolidation there. But it never materialized. Because nobody knew who the opposition was. That's politics 101. In order to run for any position, people need to know who you are. And it didn't happen. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the conversation. When we get back, I want to talk about this ordinance in St. Landry Parish. It'll be discussed at their meeting next week. Uh, it, it is a conversation we need to have. All right, let's take a break. We will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232 1542. 
if you want to call and be part of the program. Would be glad to hear from you. All right. <clears throat> Y'all, I'm extremely tired. <laughs> uh, it was a late election night. Did not get much sleep that night. Was tired all through the day yesterday. Uh, I left here. Was uh, Shannon read his own board for Shannon is offsides. I went to my old school where I used to teach. Not because I used to teach there. But dear God, I have an incoming sixth grader. And so we went to an information session because I'm about, I'm about to be a parent of a middle school student. And time needs to slow down. By the end of this show, it will be Thanksgiving. And uh, by the time I get home tonight, it will be Christmas. And I don't like that. I need time to just chill out for a little bit just so we can, I can get my bearings in. Daylight savings time was bad enough. Getting used to that was bad enough. Now I've got to deal with all this, with, with the, the whole growing up and everything, and it's, it's throwing me off a lot. But anyway, um, yeah, I, there, there's an ordinance coming from, from St. Landry Parish. It's, it's going before the parish council next week. I understand the point. You want to update your animal abuse, animal cruelty ordinance, and and all that. There's a group called Sportsman's Alliance, and they are warning that the language is vague. And actually, I, I looked up the language to the ordinance. It was drafted in July, and it is pretty vague. In the section labeled animal abuse slash neglect, the ordinance says any person who intentionally or with criminal negligence commits any of the following, shall be guilty of cruelty to animals. The list of offenses includes the usual fare, torture, injuring, neglecting, etc. of animals owned by the offender or owned by somebody else, or under the care of. So if it's some animal that, you know, some dog comes onto your property or whatever, don't be like the, the candidate from St. Landry Parish who tried to shoot his neighbor's dog and ended up accidentally shooting his neighbor. Uh, but... This uh, there's one item on the list of what constitutes neglect and abuse. If a person quote mistreats any living animal by any act or omission whereby unnecessarily or unjustifiable physical pain, suffering, or death is caused to or permitted upon the animal, that person is guilty of abuse and neglect according to the ordinance. Now, the Sportsman Alliance put out a, a put out a thing saying. You know, this is, uh, you know, you could, you could get in trouble. You could get fined for killing a rat in your home. And technically, by the broad reading of this ordinance, absolutely. If somebody doesn't like the fact that you killed a little mouse that got into your home, they can report you for animal abuse. But they're also warning about this, which I think affects a lot more of us. There's no definition, because when you write laws, and Mark's in across from me, he, he knows, the, he knows the, the political process as well. When you write laws, you have to include definitions. For the terms that are in there. There's no definition for hunting or anything like nothing related to that. So there's nothing in there that says if you kill a deer in St. Landry Parish, you're not going to be guilty of animal abuse because you're hunting. There's nothing in it. So the ordinance clearly needs to be uh, amended quite a bit in order to actually work out. I just wanted to raise y'all's awareness so that if you live in St. Landry Parish, you may want to call your local officials and say, hey, you need to tighten up the language on this. All right, let's go. Oh, my headphones are not turned up. There we go. Let's go to the phone line. We've got Randall on the line. Randall, how are you today? Hey, Joe, doing good. You know, I was listening to your um, comments about the um, 
candidates for a congressional third district. Yeah. And without saying names, even for Senate, they all claim that either Higgins or Senator Kennedy, quote, didn't do their job getting money for Lake Charles after the hurricane. Yeah. Well, what makes me, I know the election's over, well, what were they going to do? Do they know a secret code word? Were they, you know, going to be more effective? Yeah, actually, when you get something that just... When you get sworn you know, in, they hand you a book, and it has all the secret little cheat codes in there. And you say, if you just dial a number in the Capitol and hit and hit the right combination of numbers, you can actually get money automatically. And that's that's how they're acting. Kind of want to, yeah. It's part of me kind of want to say, okay, let's put them in. Let's see you get to work and get it done within. No, well, let's give them a thirty days to get it done. Yeah. And you know, you're Randall. You're absolutely right. And and in Lake in Lake Charles and Calcasieu's defense. There is a lot of screwing around that's gone on in terms of trying to get money there. There's still a lot of holdups. There's still a lot of damages there from two years ago. And, right. And, and I feel bad for them. And that was the, the brunt. There was a, there was a political action uh, group that was running ads in there that talked about Clay Higgins uh, voting against money for the area, things like that. And, of course, like, you know, we had the, the ads here with candidates mentioning that as well. But you're right. Nobody ever said what they're going to do. Nobody. They all just said he voted against it. They didn't bring the money back. But they never actually said what they were going to do to get to to get right. that money in the first place. I mean, this would be an incoming freshman. Whoever wins, you don't have any clout as an incoming freshman. I know a lot of people that don't like Higgins who voted for Higgins because he's going to have seniority in the House. Right. Like you need clout to be able to get there in the first place. And to get things done, especially, you know, uh, the, the hurricane relief. Yeah. And that. But, you know, okay, but thank you, Joe, for letting me um, voice my opinion. You have a great day, sir. You too, Randall. Thank you very much for the call. Anybody else who wants to call in, we got about a minute left. 232-1542 might be able to squeeze you in if you call in quick enough. But, yeah, that's that's a, a big part of all this is – I don't I, I'm, I don't disagree with the attacks. You know, there was a blitz of press releases there at the end from the Higgins office saying that he secured this money. He secured this money for hurricane relief and all that. Where was this over the last couple of years, though? You didn't see much of that and you didn't hear many reports of it because he was voting against it. And, and you know, to his in, in his defense, you know, part of it is the I don't believe in all this ex- extra spending. And that's that's his thing. But it goes back to what I was saying about constituent services. And it's something the Republican Party, I think, as a whole, really needs to work on a lot more. Republicans are focused on the media hits and the social media and the clout and all this. They don't have a whole lot coming back home. They don't come back home a whole lot to do things for their constituents properly in many cases. All right, that's it for me. Shannon is off sides next. In the meantime, to... uh, Joe Cunningham, uh, Joe P. Cunningham on Twitter, Joe Cunningham Show on Facebook, Substack, JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. Talk to you guys in 23 hours here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL.